You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, take your seats. I said take your seats. Class, sit. I swear you're all acting like a bunch of animals. Pet Life Radio presents Teacher's Pet, where you'll learn how to understand and communicate with your pet and train them to be the best pet they can be. It's time to see the world from your pet's point of view. So give a tail-wagging welcome to your Teacher's Pet host on PetLifeRadio.com. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Hello, this is Pia Silvani, your host on Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'd like to welcome a very special guest this week and a very dear friend of mine, Nancy Williams. Nancy is a certified applied animal behaviorist whose clinical work focuses on the evaluation and treatment of serious behavioral problems in dogs. Nancy is located in Maryland. Nancy's thesis was done on heart rate variability in dogs, and she fortunately is continuing her research so we can better understand how and why dogs react the way they do as the result of their emotional state. And today we are going to talk about one emotion that dogs have, and that's grief. And that can be quite upsetting to many of us that own dogs. So many of us have multiple pets, and a loss of a family pet is devastating to everyone. Further, we may lose a loved one as a result of divorce, death, or simply having a child move out after 21 years of living at home. Our dogs appear to be grieving, but are they? And if so, how do we know if they are grieving and what can we do to help them feel better? Nancy will answer all that and more after we take a short break to hear from our sponsors. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's Pet will be back in two shakes of a tail, right after recess. Pick up something unique at a Bone to Pick dog boutique. A Bone to Pick has cool hip fashions for big and small dogs that will have their tails wagging in style. Cat products too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Check out our eco-friendly pet products and gifts for humans too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Get your pet's mouth watering monthly with our Gourmet Treat of the Month Club. And join a Bone to Pick's free birthday club for your puppy. A B O N E dash to dash p-i-c-k dot com pick up something special for your best friend at a bone to pick a-b-o-n-e dash to dash p-i-c-k dot com get 10% off with coupon code petlife hey all you dog stylists are you on the cutting edge of canine design and shaggy chic Groomer Has It on Animal Planet is now casting for Season 2. Groomer Has It is looking for competitive dog stylists with amazing personalities to compete to become Animal Planet's top groomer. $50,000 grand prize for the winner, plus weekly compensation for all contestants during filming. If you have what it takes to be the top groomer, then audition for Groomer Has It today. For more information, contact Catherine at 310-727-3337, extension 71272, or email groomer has it at gmail.com There's nothing like a shaggy dog, baby. They're shagatelic. And this is the place to find out how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Oh, yeah. So stop by our pad every week and get switched on, baby. Switched on to the show that's all about attitude. Oh, behave. With your groovy host, 
pet edutainer Arden Moore. Yeah, baby, yeah. Every week on demand on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later. Welcome back. This is Pia Silvani, host of Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'd like to welcome a very special guest this week and a very dear friend of mine, Nancy Williams. Hi, Nancy. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Pia. I'm thrilled to be here with this topic. Yeah, I, I know that you are one of the experts in this, and I'm really looking forward to talking to you about it. I know our audience will love it. This topic is so important and so upsetting at the same time. There's nothing worse than seeing our best friend sad. But do dogs mourn the loss of a canine companion? And if so, how do we know? Well, these are really good questions, Pia, that we look to ourselves for answers continuously. It does appear that a number of dogs experience significant uh, anxiety and become depressed after another dog dies. Uh, You and I have both heard many clients tell us that the dog seems to be very sad, and some are longer than others. Some of them are a few days or a few weeks, and some of them of, of most interest to us is the dogs didn't even appear to be that attached to the other dog, and they appear sad when they're gone. Nancy, how do we know dogs mourn the loss of a canine companion, and if so, what are some of the signs? I think that we do, Pia. I think that I saw it in our own home when we lost our 16-beloved-year-old dog, Josie, and our 18-year-old dog, Alex. They didn't even have many interactions at all. But when we lost little Josie, Alex seemed lost. And what we think this might be due to is not only our significant reactions at being sad, but the change in routine that they experience. Yeah, that's a good point. And I have to say, 18 years and 16 years, we should be feeding our dogs whatever Nancy is feeding her dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, Pia, you know, you brought up an important point. Yes, I must say, we're a, we are definitely those pet owners that do everything for our pets, as I see more and more people do. And we weren't faced with such extended lifetimes before. Uh, we weren't talking about 16- and 20-year-old dogs, but now it's becoming more and more common. I know. I lost my golden retriever when she was 15, so that, that is unusual. It is. It's becoming more common, though, and that's why I think this topic is becoming of increasing importance. Right. Do dogs mourn the loss of a human companion? Well, I find that particularly interesting. We have to say through critical thinking skills that, of course, they would mourn the loss of their own type, their own species, and their human companions as much as each other. In fact, one of my favorite stories in the world that I'm sure everybody's familiar with is the dog named Greyfriars Bobby. If people remember, there was a movie made about this dog. He was the constant companion of a night watchman in Scotland for years, and when his master died, Bobby laid 14 years on his master's grave, and I'll never get over such devotion. Oh, my. And you say that was a a movie? They made a movie. I think it was a Walt Disney movie. And in addition, the town of Edinburgh, Scotland, built a granite uh, effigy of the dog. Uh, They also made a fountain in, in honor of the devotion that he showed to his master. A human should show such devotion, shouldn't we? 
Yes, that's that's absolutely true. Gosh, I hope I, I hope I never see that because that would be a real tearjerker. Yes, it would. But you don't want to see it. It's not something we recommend unless you bring a lot of Kleenex. Right. Well, have there been studies done on this topic? And if so, what are some of the signs owners may notice? And if they notice it, is there a place where they can seek professional help? These are some of the questions we answer as behaviorists. And the first thing we try and tell owners is that look for any change in their dog's behavior. Um, And the first thing we want to do is make sure this change isn't due to a medical problem. The second most likely cause, if the medical problem is ruled out by a visit to your veterinarian, the dog may be sad. Uh, there, um, there is one study that the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals did, PIA, and they did the Companion Animal Morning Project in 1996, and they found out a number of interesting changes that the dogs might show. And what are they? These changes were vacillated from... Um, just being quiet and more affectionate and clingy with their caregivers, which is their owners. Over 50% of the dogs wanted to be with the people more, but then some of the dogs wanted to hide and distance themselves from the family. The other things that they reported in the study done by the um, society was that the dogs either decreased their vocalization, such as barking or whining, or they increased. Now, I don't think anyone complained about the decrease in whining or barking, but I do think they found it distressing if there was an increase. Do you think possibly, too, that the dog could be feeding off of our grief as well? They absolutely could, because we have to remember how devastated we are when we lose our friends. I mean, a lot of these dogs were so distressed that, that, that... It just happens that they even noticed a decreased appetite in also about the same number of dogs and that they weren't interested in their daily activity. But couldn't we claim the same about us? That's that's true. That's a great, great point. When you think about it from a humanistic standpoint, when we feel depressed or unhappy, it might be difficult to get out of bed. We might skip the gym, but we feel like the pet just needs to move on. We want them to feel better because we're upset. And the more upset the pet is, what we get, as you and I so well know, the more upset the owner gets. Yeah, yeah. So if owners are seeing these signs, um, they feel that they've taken their dog to their veterinarian and they've ruled out anything medical, and obviously they realize that the pet is grieving, is there a place where they can go for help? You know, Pia, this is very interesting because we have so many sources for humans that have lost a family member, but less sources and less people that understand when we lose a pet. What we do know, though, is that we have a number of important sources, such as the American Veterinary Medical Society. If you go to their website, they have a list of publications that you can look at. Uh, There's another one called the Delta Society. That's D-E-L-T-A. And then there's another association called the Association for Pet Loss and Bereavement. Great. So this can at least give them some articles to read and give them a little bit more help. Yes, there's a number of articles there. There's also a uh, book website, if you would like that. Sure. There's a book website called, uh, it's Direct Book Service, and the website is D as in dog, G as in go, C as in cat, T as in Tom book at cascade.net, and they have quite a number of good books that can help people get through this very difficult process. What do you suggest your clients to do if they feel that their dog is grieving through this difficult time? What can they do to help them? There's a lot we can do. Um, 
as hard as it is for us, the one thing we talk about is how to have the owner sometimes not do what feels right, which is comfort the pet and be more clingy with the dog. And that's the hardest thing for us not to do, isn't it? Oh, it definitely is. Yes, absolutely. You don't feel well, and then we have to ask the owners to remain as normal as possible. And there's a list of things I give them to do uh, that have worked in the most serious cases. And the first thing, if it's only been a few weeks, do give the time a dog to adjust and try and act normal, which is very hard. Um, try and keep your feeding times the same, your walking times the same. Try and encourage the dog to get out even though he doesn't want to go out. If the veterinarians cleared the dog pee, um, what we've had is uh, the owners break down, talk to their vet about a different diet, and try and tempt the dog with some really special food. Wonderful idea. A lot of times that will help. If that helps, if the vet lets you some of these animals that aren't on restricted diets, they cat treats help sometimes a little bit of baby food, sometimes even a pizza crust. Um, The other things we do is we might have them enroll in a new obedience or agility class. Uh, We have the owners write down what the dog like to go swimming and other ideas they might want to do together. Maybe a, a ride or a walk in the park in a new trail that they've never been to before. And one thing that's worked sometimes is having a dog friend visit. Uh, sometimes these dogs have friends that they haven't seen in a while, and it might re-energize them. I think that's a great key and a good point that you make. And I know that you and I, as dog trainers ourselves, we do develop individual bonds with our dogs. But many times, people with multiple pets, they really get a dog for the dog, per se. And what happens is... Um, they don't have that individual time. So the dog is really not used to being with the owner without the other dog present. So I think that can almost make it worse when one dog passes. Do you agree? This absolutely can make it worse. And we do forget because we're humans and we're so busy with things that we're doing every day, how the little things are probably much more important to our dog. Um, I remember that when I lost my 20-year-old dog, my little Shetland sheepdog, I thought they didn't interact much except for her to chase. He would chase her barking when they went on their walks. For the first few weeks after we lost her, he just plodded along pee. It was so sad. He didn't know what to do. Mm. Now, unfortunately, he's changed that into barking at me as I was. <laughs> <laughs> so he was just going to replace that behavior with another behavior. Right. But and that's we, another topic. <laughs> <laughs> Have so you we seen don't care since he seems happier. Nancy, have you seen cases where the dog appears to be sad after the death of another dog, but maybe then again, it perhaps it's not grief? Actually, uh, yes. Those are the cases that I see mostly from veterinarians. What happens is I speak with many clients on the phone, Pia, and they don't really need an appointment. I just give them some ideas. We talk about it. Uh, We give them some phone advice, and these are the cases where they call you and the dog has been sad for a few days or perhaps up to two weeks. The cases that become of more concern are when an owner calls, and they've been to the veterinarian sometimes several times, and it's going on two to three months. And not only is the dog not recovering, the dog is getting worse. These are the cases of most concern and the kind that I will see that we're not sure when we start Is it a behavior change due to grief, or is there something underlying this that's a little bit more serious? Interesting. And and what have you seen in those particular cases? In these cases, um, we've had several types of cases. 
The first one was one I remember well, was a great Pyrenees named Annie. And she was very large, and she lost her even larger friend, a male great Pyrenees. What happened was, over a three-month period, Annie had lost uh, 15 pounds. Now, Annie was a big girl at 100 pounds, but this made her quite thin. But when we did a very careful assessment, we found out that what happened was the owner was so overwhelmed with taking care of the older dog that had medical problems that she forgot to tell the veterinarian that Annie had been very sad and depressed for several months before she lost the other dog. Mm. When I saw the dog, not only was Annie very depressed and hardly moved, which was very true, Pia, Annie scratched almost continuously. And what happened was, because the owner had not was so upset, she hadn't very well conveyed to the veterinarian that this dog scratched all the time, even all night long, that they had not found out yet that the dog had an underlying serious infestation of a parasite uh, that the dog had picked up in the woods. As soon as we treated that, Pia, the problem was over and the grief went away. Yeah, so so the key here really is make make sure you if it lasts longer than two weeks, a trip to the vet is necessary. Absolutely, absolutely. And if the conditions are serious, such as the dog is not eating at all or vomiting or having any other signs, then we need to see the vet right away because actually we've had those cases where the passing of the other dog is coincidental and the other dog just was sick. So we can't assume anything, can we? No, we, we really can't. Hang on, Nancy. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a topic that goes along with this, which is euthanasia, right after we come back from a message from our sponsors. So don't go away. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's Pet will be back in two shakes of a tail, right after recess. <laughs> Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Fluff your feathers, roll out your tongue, shine your fins, snap on your leashes, and grab your human. It's the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo. Two full days of pet-tastic fun that no pet lover should miss. Join us for shopping, the Barks and Couture Fashion Show, Dream Pet Wedding, Ultimate Pet Makeover, Pet Communicator, Rescue Me Pet Adoption, Service Dog Demonstration, and tons of fun contests. Bring your pets and join us at the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo, Saturday, September 27th, and Sunday, September September 28th at the Kentucky Expo Center. For more information, go to LouisvillePetExpo.com. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? 
Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later. Welcome back to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Sabani, your host. And joining us is Nancy Williams, Certified Applied Animal Behaviorist with a practice in Maryland. Nancy was also a veterinary technician for many years and unfortunately had to deal with euthanizing elderly or sick dogs all of the time. I'd like to ask you a few questions, Nancy, on this topic since so many people are concerned about this. And when the decision has to be made, we always second guess ourselves and we wonder if we're really doing the right thing. So my first question to you is a question that people routinely ask me. And that's whether or not their other dog should be present during or possibly immediately after euthanasia of its housemate. And what are your thoughts on this? Why or why not? P, I've also been asked that. And I, I, I think that the short answer is this is a very personal decision. And I'd like to share with them some information that they could decide on how they'd like to handle it. I think it is based on them knowing their pets, both of them, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, with, without a doubt. Yeah, this is very personal. Now, there's a number of people who will tell you that they believe that the dog should be present during the euthanasia of the remaining dog or, the, or after to help that remaining pet realize that their other friend is gone. Actually, it may or may not be true. There's mm-hmm. really no scientific evidence that it affects the pet that is left behind either way right now unless we do some more studies. There are some reports that it might help you, but then we can think of some reasons, can't we, why dogs might not want to be present during a euthanasia? Oh, absolutely. I don't want to be present. (laughs) Right. Nobody wants to be present. We want this to be as painless as possible. What I've heard from people who did try and let their dog be present during the euthanasia after are some of these things that could happen. Some of the animals that were there to witness the euthanasia, no matter how well it went to you, they became very distressed. We need to avoid this, not only for the humane concern of the pet left behind, but of the people watching. Yeah, that's a great point. I know when I had to put my male golden retriever down years ago, um, I wanted my female to be there, and she avoided. She really did avoid, and it made me realize that that was probably a mistake on my part to get her involved um, and I did let her go and she never went near that room again it's quite interesting well that is and I didn't know that story but I was going to tell you that to support that a number of pets not only didn't become upset but the owner became upset because the second dog didn't seem interested now there are a number of reasons why that might happen mostly because they don't know what's happening but they can also have the experience you did in which the other pet became upset and avoided it. Yeah, yeah. We really don't know. 
We don't know, but I can tell you this. In facilities across the country, we are very careful to make sure that animals in general are not near, nor do they witness any euthanasia of animals of different species. So that might give us a hint, Pia. Oh, that's interesting. Very interesting. Yes, yes. It's, it's one of the laws in this country is that certain species may not be around other animals to minimize the distress. So it might be something we want to keep in mind. Yeah, great point, great point. Um, Obviously, pet owners always doubt themselves as to whether or not they gave the dog enough time before making the decision to euthanize their dog. You know, so they want to hold it out. Maybe the dog will get better. What do you tell people when they ask? Actually, I think this is completely normal uh, that uh, all people are going to second-guess themselves on any decision. Uh, and this is, to me, to us, Pia, the mo- one of the most decisions we're going to make, the most important decisions we're going to make in our lives. Um, I think it's normal, and I hear it, and I think the most important thing is, of course, that they've already discussed this with, with their veterinarian. I think that they should know what's going to happen. And I also think that even after they make the decision, Pia, it's natural that they want to review the process over and over as they grieve and make sure they did the right thing. To me, that's the one sign that they did do the right thing because they know what was right for their pet, and that's why they made that decision. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, without a doubt. It's never easy, and it really is um, when people ask me, when is the right time? There is no right time. There's no good time. I've always told my clients that quality of life, if you really feel that your dog is suffering and the quality of life has gone down, you'll know when it's time. Absolutely. We couldn't agree more in this area. I think that in particular, as a veterinary technician who worked many years with this day after day, uh, you see many, many cases. I think it helped me that when I did research in this area, I found out through the, uh, the veterinary literature that the kindest and most compassionate thing we can do is euthanize our pets and avoid any unnecessary suffering. And as a matter of fact, it's a statistic that people don't know that most pets are euthanized rather than dying on their own who are well cared for. Doesn't that help us? Yes, yes. Another good point. What do you tell clients to help alleviate some of their fears if they decide to euthanize their sick or elderly pet? And are there any tips to help them through this difficult time? And do you make suggestions to clients who are having a difficult time saying goodbye? For example, you know, special times together, go out for ice cream. I think there are a lot of things we can do as we've both experienced them ourselves. Um, I think uh, we talk about that they've discussed with their veterinarian that they've done everything possible to find out what's wrong with their pet and find out if it's reasonable to continue. If the veterinarian and them decide that there's nothing else reasonable to do, and this becomes particularly important, as we said a few minutes ago, because our pets are getting so much older <laughs> and there's so many more pets to take care of that live way past when our fathers had pets, this is becoming of increasing concern to all of us. Yes, yes, absolutely. And it's it's not easy to watch your friend. I think, well, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say it's not easy watching a pet get old, but I have to say I love an elderly dog. There's something about an elderly dog that you just feel um, you want to care for and just give everything that you have. That's interesting. I, in particular, love when someone will bring a behavior such as you or I, what, a 13-year-old dog, Pia? A 15-year-old dog? Because they know that they're still worth every moment in making their life better. Isn't that wonderful? 
It is. It is. And recently in, in one of our classes, we had a 13-year-old dog who won the quickest recall contest. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was in good shape. Yes, absolutely. So, so just because they're getting old doesn't mean they should stop living. Nancy, what should we let people know who are considering a puppy or another dog so that the house is not, quote-unquote, empty when the older dog dies? This we are asked all the time, Pia, and this is a really important consideration. There's, there's two wonderful sides to that coin. Unfortunately, you and I have both seen too many cases in which because of the medical, the wonderful medical care we have now, people get a puppy because they think the other dog is going to go soon, and then it doesn't for years. And now we have a young puppy pestering the older dog who doesn't feel too well, and sometimes the older dog gets more miserable rather than happy. I compare that with my, my mother just turned 90, and I tell clients, I would never get a toddler and give it to my mother just so she felt better. I don't think that you'd feel better taking care of a toddler. No, that's a very good analogy. Um, But what does work out is something that can happen is if you carefully select a second dog, maybe an older dog sometimes, Pia, who you know gets along well with other dogs and isn't a puppy because you don't quite know what's going to happen. And like you said with your mother, we're not going to match activity levels. Sometimes this can work really well. I actually guessed right, and when I got my rescue Shetland Sheepdog, I picked him because he was relatively benign, and he didn't have too much pestering of dogs. He enriched the end of my older dog's life, the last five years of her life, when she was 15 to 20, as you couldn't believe. She followed him around. He never pestered her, and as I told you, the worst he did was bark in her ear. But since she was going deaf, I don't think he bothered her that much. (laughs) (laughs) well that's a great way to end a a sad topic but one that definitely needs to be talked about nancy and i really would like to thank you for joining us next week everybody don't forget training in the real world don't forget to bring your dog a tug toy and a bag of treats we'll be working on getting your dog to hold a reliable state regardless of where he is or what is going on around him and much more. A special thanks to our producers for making the show happen. If you would like a transcript of this show or any other shows on Pet Life Radio Network, please go to PetLifeRadio.com and click on Teacher's Pet. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or further ideas that you would like to hear on the show, please email me at Pia, P-I-A, at PetLifeRadio.com. Until next time, this is Pia signing off. I want to give a special thank you to Nancy and a special thank you to all of you for your interest in Pet Life Radio. Bye-bye. Schools in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com.